Praise the Lord. Greetings to you all in the wonderful, matchless, sweet name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's my privilege to greet you on behalf of the elders and the leaders of this congregation. Wish you all all the best. Today, for our regular Bible reading schedule, reminds us of Psalm 74 and 75. I read three verses from Psalm 75. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks. For your wondrous works declares that your name is near. When I chose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly, Selah. Because of the time, I could not read the whole psalm. But what I wanted to say, the first word is about the worship. What it tells about the worship? When you look at it, on the top of it, it is titled to the chief musician said to do not destroy a psalm of Asper, a song. It is a song. And as God is the church. So when he divide this song, there are many divisions. Like uh, one to three, it is about thanks to God. And four to seven, your word of fools and the wicked. Uh, verse eight, your righteous judge. And nine and ten, praise for God's righteousness and judgment. So our concern is, since it is a worship day, verse 1, Psalm 75, verse 1, We give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks, for your wondrous works declares that your name is near. What do we understand from here? First of all, we give thanks. As Paul wrote this from the perspective of the congregation. They together say, we give thanks unto God. And the thought is repeated for emphasize. That's why give thanks again. The people of God greatly give thanks unto their God. So we are encouraged and emphasized to give thanks to God even in this situation. So we should praise God again and again. That's what the psalmist says. The second part is, for your wondrous work. Why we should thank God? For your wondrous works declares that your name is near. What does it mean? So the gratitude towards God as a basis, a reason. That is, they gave thanks to God not only for his wondrous works, but for what 
those works proclaimed that God in all his character and his attributes. That's why it was say, your name is near. Your name is near. So we are grateful to our God's great works among us. But not only for the works, they are constrained, reminders for the love, goodness, mercy and wisdom of God toward and among his people. It is also wonderful thing to know and experience that his name is near. His name is near means he himself is near to us. So we have to thank God on this day remembering what are the wonderful things, wondrous things God is doing in our midst. That's what I wanted to exalt you from the verse 1 about the worship. Secondly, I also choose verse 2 and 3, Psalm 75, verse 2 and 3, as a promise of this week. What we understand from here? It says, When I chose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly. Selah. Here, when I chose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. That means, these are spoken from the perspective of God. God declares that He will judge. Not only that, He will judge uprightly. Not just judge. Judge uprightly. Secondly, when I chose the proper time, when he will judge, when he, I chose the proper time, God says, in his judgments, God reserves the right to choose the proper time. The believer should have a humble trust in the uprightness of God's judgment and the proper time for them. This reveals the time and the method of the divine activity. His time is the set time. That is, he acts never too early or never too late. It is great work. God lets evil to unchecked sometimes for a rather a long time. Knowing that he has appointed a proper time when it will be brought down. Thirdly, the earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. What do we know from here? God declares the great power of his judgment. At his judgment, people or things are either dissolved or they are established firmly. There may be clear and indeed very real dissolution of all human organization and order, but the true pillars of the earth are 
God established and cannot be broken down. This conviction is the stronghold of the soul. Selah means the righteous, the timing and the power of God's judgment are all worthy of our deep consideration. So dear children of God, whatever the situation we are in, but let us believe that God is in control. He is the, he is the judge who judge uprightly and even God delays certain things. God has the purpose, but he will keep the pillars. That means the earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved, but he will set up its pillars firmly. So the true pillars of the earth are God established and they cannot be broken. Let the righteousness and the timing and the power of God's judgments are all worthy of our deep consideration. May God bless us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most loving gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for the wonderful time that you given to us to come to you as your children. Thank you for the word, what you are speaking to us from Psalm 75. Lord, we surrender ourselves before you. Continue to take charge over us every part of this service from the praise and worship, the prayer, the message of this day, O Father. Let your name, name will be glorified. Anoint your servant with abundance of your spirit and your blessing and also speak through him Use him as you are, by using him as your mouthpiece. In the same way, we pray that you will give us the attentive hearers to hear your word and receive your word as you want us to be. Continually we pray that you will unite us in spirit, in love, in faith, in understanding of your word. Lord, if we have any unforgiven sin in us, Lord, we confess before you, please forgive us and made us worthy children to be part of this service which was kept before us. We thank you once again for hearing us. In this time, we also remember children, those who are celebrating their birthdays in this week and the anniversaries. Lord, we pray that your hand will be raised upon them, bless them in abundance, Lord, give them many more years and the coming years will not be the same of the past years. That will be much more anointed and much more blessed years in the days to come. So we thank you and praise you. We also claim the promises that you, your, of your word in this day. Numbers 6. 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let the peace of God prevail in each and every one of our, your life. May God bless you all.
God bless you all. Let the children of God say Amen. Amen. Thank you. May God bless you. Wait upon the Lord. Before that, there is an announcement about our victory night this Monday. Our victory night service will be as usual on Monday, 29th June. And it will not be this message on the website that will be as regular uh, online conference call. So as we are doing the intercessory prayer and the vigil night, even the victory night also, this time we are going to give you the link. Please prepare yourself and we will see face to face and hear God's word as usual. So this is the first time we are going to have the victory night service online. So as a preparation from tomorrow, as you are wished, as the regular, we should, uh, you are expected to observe three days of fasting and prayer in connection with this Victorinate service commencing from tomorrow, that is 27th, June up to including Monday 29th. But we will also have a intercessory prayer tomorrow, 27th June from 4 p.m. in relation to this Victorinate service. We know our God is always near us. Even though we'll be physically separated, but the door and all God will hear us and He will answer us. He will watch over us. We give all glory, all honor, all praises unto Him. Thank you. Wish you all all the best. God bless you. One more thing. I invite and thank each and every one of you, those who are not in Oman or you are in the different places, you are watching this message today. We bless you. We thank God for you. May God meet all your needs. Thank you for attending and watching this message. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, thank you, Pastor. God bless you. May God continue to increase your anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. I praise the Lord, brethren. Uh, before we go into the message, we are going to sing from the hymn book. Hymn book, from that, our popular hymn book, the one with blue uh, cover. If you have it in your own, please go and look for it. We'll be singing hymn number 566. Hymn number 566. It's a popular song. She says, what a friend we have in Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus is the only true friend that can never fail us in every situation. Please sing along with us from your different homes. And God bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God.
to bless your name we want to glorify you our father and our god we bless you we honor your name we adore your name we give you all glory and adoration it is through you that we are still living and alive it is through you that we are healthy today father we thank you lord we bless your holy name we thank you because in spite of the lockdown you have continued to feed us spiritually and physically we have come before you this afternoon in our very home to listen to you lord father you have promised that whenever we call on your name and you will hear and answer us father we come before you this afternoon we want to table our request in our various home before you we want to listen to your word father because you are the provider of light you are the provider of everything we put our trust in you father we lift your name up. we glorify you lord that as we listen, that we will be richly blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. That your name shall be glorified and honored in the mighty name of Jesus. The message we are going to hear today, let it germinate in our life. Let it be firmly rooted in our life. Let it grow in our life. Father, we pray as many that are listening to this message, use this message to heal every wound in every home in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Almighty God. Father, we call down on your Holy Spirit. Let it take control. Let your Holy Spirit take over in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything we are going to talk about today, let it be from your throne in Jesus' name. Thank you, Almighty God. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Good afternoon, brethren. On behalf of the leadership of Bread of Life, once again, I thank God for His glory in your life. I thank God for your going out and your coming in. I thank God that God has been faithful ever since the beginning of the lockdown. Thank you, Lord, because you are our God. We lift your name up and glorify you. Being that exalted in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brethren, I want to tell you today that Jesus is the true friend every time. Jesus is the true friend every time. All we need to do is to ensure that we table everything before us, everything that gives us trouble, we table it before him. He's going to surprise us. He's going to use his mighty power to show how, how great his name is. Jesus is that name that break every yoke and i'm telling you that as long as you recognize him as long as you accept him into your life he's going to prove that yes he is the true friend every time he will never disappoint you pandemic or no pandemic coronavirus or no coronavirus jesus is the true friend he's the one that can deliver you he's the one that can protect you and that is what we are going to talk about today my topic today is Jesus is the true friend every time. At any time, Jesus is the true friend. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. I'll be reading from verse 30 to 37. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 to 37. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his cloth, clothing, wounded him, and departed, and leave, departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by. He passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked, and passed by. On the other side but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion so he went to him and bandaged his wound pouring on on oil and wine and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him on the next day when he departed he took out two Denary gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So, which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Praise the Lord, brethren. This parable is one of the best known parables that every child in Sunday school or in Friday class 
enjoy because it gives some narrative that you can imagine in your head it gives some picture that you can begin to look at like a movie this is parable of good samaritan it's a well used phrase today good samaritan in verse 30 brethren i want you to look at what jesus jesus has said for jesus to have used jerusalem to jericho road for this parable what has this tell us what can we think about this you, jesus using this road for his parable not mentioning another road to me the road must be very known for notorious activities in those days the road must be somehow dangerous it must contain a hideout that is a harder spot for criminal robbery must be common on this road between jerusalem and jericho if it has not been so jesus wouldn't have used that same road that people as at that time know so that road must be very very terrible in that same verse 30 jesus gave a vivid graphic description of the, that event he said the man was stripped of his clothing wounded and they departed and leaving him half dead i'm sure you are picturing this scene in your mind Let's look at it this way. Suppose your vehicle broken down on the side of the road. I'm very sure you'll be happy to see a good friend like a pastor or a preacher come by. You'll be more delighted that yes, you have seen somebody who is going to help you. But how will you feel if he leaves you without even doing any assistance for you? In that same scripture that we have read, the priests and Levite, they came back, neither any of them offered to help. Then Jesus confirmed that a good Samaritan came back. Let's look at it this way also. In spite of superiority and hatred by Jews towards Samaritan in those days, the Samaritans still help. Not only that the man helped the, not only that the good Samaritan helped that man, he provided for him, for his immediate need, he took him to the hospital. Then, again, when he was leaving, he dropped some money. Let's look at verse 35. He said, on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again i will repay you you see it's not that he just care for his immediate needs he also dropped some money for the innkeeper to meet the future need of that man and jesus asked the question which of these was a neighbor or a friend to that man and that is the same question i'm asking you which of these you think in your mind is a good friend is a neighbor or friend to that man but i want you to know that this story revealed three values of life that is three attitudes that are 
clearly are clearly displayed in this story. And every one of you that are listening to me right now in your home fit into one of these attitudes, fit into one of these values, fit into one of these philosophies, these three philosophies. In the story, there is this the thief we can say the thief displayed one attitude or one way of life. In the story, the priest and Levi display another attitude. And the third attitude in the story was displayed by Good Samaritan. Now let's look at the thief attitude. What are the thief's attitude? Or what is thief attitude rather? What is common to all the thieves? That is, what is yours? I want it to be mine. And I will take it if I can. That is always been the attitude of a thief. People of God, hardly does this attitude that I'm talking about resulted in armed robbery. Like the case in the scripture we just read. But this attitude can be found quite often. For instance, a business person who is willing to lie to push through a deal, who is ready to play any tricks just to get that business done, he has this attitude, the thief attitude. A student who cheats in his exam, he has this attitude. If you are taking advantage of order for your benefit, that is thief's attitude. You belong to this group. People that think they are smart, sometimes people think they are smart. No, if you are doing it to affect others, you are not smart. That is thief attitude. And this is what the thief attitude say. Always, this is what they say always, want to take advantage if the opportunity arises. That is thief attitude. You have the thief attitude if a if taxi man mistakenly give you too much change and you quickly conclude that oh god has rewarded you it's not a it's not a reward from god because you concluded in your mind saying that oh after all the taxi man have been overcharging people this is a thief attitude that is what is yours is mine and i will take it if i can but there are three causes that uh, there are three things that causes this attitude. Three things that causes this attitude. Number one is conversiousness. That is greedy, greediness, like any other sin, still begin in the heart. Conversiousness lead to greed. That is the idea of what is yours to be mine. And I will take it if I can. You see somebody, something, because you have a different opinion to the owner of that thing, you take it, it doesn't belong to you. That is thief attitude. In Joshua 7.21, Joshua 7 verse 21, when I saw among the spoil of godly Babylonish garment, 200 shekel of sliver, and a wedge of gold of 50 shekel weight. 
Then I converted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth. Here, we see Achan's sin at Jericho. He saw and desired it, and took it, and hid it. At the end, 36 men lost their life because of his action. Greediness, cause, thief attitude. Another cause of thief attitude is jealousy. Not only can we long for someone else's possession, but also their talent and ability or their recognition. Let us see an example from the scripture. The book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, chapter 18, verse 6 to 9. 1 Samuel, chapter 18, verse 6 to 9. I read, verse 6. Now it, has, it had happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of the Palestine. Then the woman had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, with musical instruments. So the woman sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry and saying, and the saint displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousand, and to me they have ascribed only thousand. Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. Saul had jealousy for David when the woman was singing. And as they were sung, as they, as they sang that Saul has slain thousands, David slain tens of thousands. Saul was not happy. He is thinking that David is receiving his praise that belonged to him. He was jealous of him. Simply saying, I'm the king. The David praise is mine. That is spirit of what is yours is mine. That is jealousy. Another causes of thief attitude is laziness. Laziness. In Proverbs 21, 25-26, the desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hand refused to labor. He converted greedily all day long, but the righteous give and does not spare. Too many people are eager for things they are not willing to work for these days. They are not willing to work for it, but they are eager for it. That is laziness. Let's dismiss this attitude. Let's dismiss this attitude of thief. That is, what is yours is mine. And that brought us to the second attitude. Religious attitude, as we have seen in this story. Religious attitude. That is religious leader's attitude. Religious leader attitude. We see from the scripture that the priests walk right by. That is, 
What does this mean? It means what is mine is mine. I will keep it if I can. What does it mean? This action of the priest. What does it mean? It means I'm less concerned. This is I'm less concerned attitude. And what causes this attitude? Selfishness. We say I will get all I can I can get. And then sit on the fence. Because I'm too busy to get involved. Or I'm too afraid to get involved. Or pretend that I did not see it. Brethren, this is attitude of I'm less concerned. This is attitude that pretender use. They don't want to get involved. Praise the Lord. They always think about themselves. They are always self-centered. People that don't have any compassion for others, they always think about themselves only. So how do we get selfish? We think about ourselves. We talk about ourselves. We use the word I as often as possible. We mirror ourselves continuously in the opinions of others. Listening greedily about what people say about us. This attitude, they are always suspicious. And they always want people to appreciate them. They are jealous and envious. Every single thing, they are sensitive to all sorts of things. They never forgive criticism. They trust nobody but only themselves. They insist on consideration and proper respect. They demand agreement on their own view on everything. This, this are the attitude of selfishness. And if they are not able to get what they want, they become moody. They never forget any service they render for you. They will always tell you, if I have not done it, they think it will never happen. This is selfishness attitude, which that leader, the, the religious leader display in that story that we just read. But Jesus Christ, our Lord, never displays this kind of attitude. Praise the Lord. People that belong to this group of selfishness always on the lookout for a good time for themselves only. They always avoid their duty if they can. They always they, they, they do little for others. They love themselves only. And finally, they are selfish. So, thief mindset is what is yours is mine. Religious leaders' mindset in that story, it is what is mine is mine. Then come the third attitude. There is this good Samaritan attitude. The good Samaritan attitude. And what does it mean? It means what is yours, and what is mine is yours. You can have it if you need it. What a joy to give somebody something that you have. 
that they need. What a joy that you give. It is always interesting when it involves sacrifice. That good Samaritan made some sacrifice. He sacrificed his time and his money. And brethren, that is exactly what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. That's what Christ, Jesus Christ did for us when he came into this world. That is what Jesus has done when he came to this world. We need something we do not have and he was the perfect man to give us what we don't want, that thing that we, we require and we don't have. And what is this? We need perfect righteousness. Perfect righteousness, we need it. Jesus came to sacrifice himself for us to receive this perfect righteousness. Turn with me to Revelation 21 verse 27. Revelation 21 verse 27. But there shall by no means enter in it anything that defy or cause an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written only those who are written in the Lamb Book of Life. In Romans 3 verse 10, he said it is as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. This does not mean that we are not capable of doing good things, but not good enough. In Isaiah 64 verses, but we are all as unclean thing, and all our righteousness have as filthy rag. Isaiah 64 verses, but we are all as unclean things, and all our righteousness are as filthy rag. Jesus is the true friend at any time. Jesus is the true friend every time. He has what you need. He died on the cross in your place for your sin. That is to offer you forgiveness for your sin. He has died. He's a true friend that laid down his life. Praise the Lord. But before dying for you, he lived the perfect life for you. for you to see as a good example and further offer himself to perfect your righteousness in exchange for your sin. Why? Because Jesus Christ has the attitude of what is mine is yours and you can have it if you need it. That is the attitude of a good friend. What is mine is yours. That's what Jesus has done for us. He laid down his own life that belonged to him for us. He's a friend that sticks to you more than any other person. He's a good friend. And who is this good friend? In Matthew eleven nineteen, 
give us the answer. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they said, Behold, a man glutonous, and a wine barber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Jesus is a friend to all sinners because he wants them delivered. Jesus Christ is a reliable friend. In Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. A relative is born to help in adversity. He is with his people through thick and time. Jesus Christ is with you. I don't know what you are going through now. Is it thin? Is it thick? Because of the COVID-19? Because of this pandemic? Because of what is going on at the moment? Jesus Christ is with you through this time, through this thick and thin period. When we go astray, he is with us. When we are alone, he is with us. And when we are afraid, Jesus is the true friend every time that is with us. Jesus displays all the characteristics of a true friend. A true friend loves you no matter what. And his love will be unconditional. He loves in spite of your fault and failure. Jesus Christ is model. In Romans 5, 6-8, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. That is, I'm reading from Romans 5, 6 to 8. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our heart with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for all sinners. Now most people will be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinner. In Proverbs twenty-seven, verses and nine. 6. Proverbs 27, 6. Wound for a sincere friend and better than many kisses from an enemy. A wound from a sincere friend is better than a kiss or many kisses from an enemy. Verse 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. This is what Jesus Christ represents in our life. He's a true friend that we always tell you the truth. He's a true friend that we always allow you to know the truth. Jesus as a friend has your best interest in mind. That is why whatever this pandemic cause or whatever that is causing right now, he is a true friend that is going to lift you up out of the pit that the situation might have brought to you. He's the good friend and is going to fulfill all his promise in our life in the mighty name of Jesus. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, 
This is good and please God our Savior, who want everyone to be safe and to understand the truth. And when you understand the truth, it will set you free. So truth set the foundation for good relationship. When you are very trustworthy, when you always say the truth before somebody, you will become a very good friend. A true friend is there when you need help. That is if you read Job 6.14a. One should be kind to a faint friend. That is from Job 6.14.8. Jesus is a true friend. He is willing to listen. He is able to act at any time. He is ready to take action at any time. But he makes things beautiful in his own time. Whatever you are passing through now, Jesus has not closed the door on you. He has not forgotten you. He is there to help you. He is there to lift you up. He is there to bless you. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. Jesus is the model, is the true model that we should follow. In Hebrew 4, Hebrew 4 verse 14 to 16. So then, when we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of us understand our weakness, for he faced all of the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. So, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We need to come closer to him at this time. At this time that jobs are facing challenges, at this time that people are facing challenges, the economy is facing challenges, we need to come closer to him. We need to bring everything to him in prayer. We need to bring everything to table, to, to table before him. We need to lay everything down before him. He's a true friend that can encourage us. In Proverbs 27, verse 17, he said, Iron sharpen iron. So a friend sharpen a friend. A bed of the same feather always flock together. If you love Jesus, you will obey his command. And he will be your friend. He's a friend to, to sinner. Don't think about your past. Don't think about what you have done. He's ready to lift you up. All you need to do is to recognize him as a good friend. He wants to see you to reach that full potential. If your time is not up in a man, Jesus Christ is ready to lift you up irrespective of what condition you are now. He will always rejoice at your, at your success. In Proverbs 18, 24, Proverbs 18, 24, there are friends who destroy each other, but a rich friend stick closer than a brother. A rich friend stick closer than a brother. 
And this is what Jesus Christ is doing. He will never abandon you. He will always be faithful to you. He, and he will always keep his promise. Whatever promise he has made, he's going to fulfill it. He's going to, pro, he's going to fulfill that promise because he wants you to succeed. So whatever God has revealed to you, brethren, I'm telling you that he's going to fulfill it. In Romans 8, Romans 8, 35 to 39, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he has no he no longer loves us if we have if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Brethren, nothing should ever separate us from the love of Christ, a good friend at every time. He loves us in the time of trouble. Even this time, he loves us most. In this time of calamity, in this time of pandemic, COVID-19, in this time of coronavirus, in this time when the nation economy is going down, is this time when the, 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 the business is going down. Individual job is being threatened. Jesus Christ loves us. He's a good friend. Verse 36, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelmingly victory is our true Christ who loves us. Irrespective of the action and reaction of coronavirus, we are going to be victorious. He's going to lift us up above this period. We are going to rejoice. We are going to celebrate you. We are going to celebrate each and every one of us. He is the true God. He is going to deliver us. Verse 37. Uh, verse 38. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angel nor demon. Neither our fear for today nor our worries for tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. And verse 39, no power in the sky, sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. He said, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. It is not what is happening now. It is not what is going to happen tomorrow. It has not been what happened yesterday. Nothing will separate us. Jesus Christ is a recognizable friend. Let's put our trust on him. Let's allow him to lead us day and night. He is the truest friend to me and you. Jesus Christ is a remarkable friend. In Matthew 11, verse 19, the son of man came eating, and they said, Look at him, gluten and drunk, a friend of tax collector. Yes, he might be a friend to tax collectors and sinners, but he loves sinners 
and everyone that is in, in, in the dead is ready to bring you out when you accept him into your life. We have seen in the scripture people that are closer to him. He lifted them off. He lifted them off. Sarkis, Matthew, Mary Magdalene, and the woman taken in adultery all had a personal encounter with true friend of sinner, Jesus Christ. And they never remained the same again. This can be your experience, experience too. Let the one who is distressed know that Jesus gives hope to the hopeless. Because as far as God is concerned, everyone has a chance. I'm telling you, Jesus is a friend and his grace is sufficient to reach and transform everyone, no matter what had happened, no matter what you have done, no matter what is going on. Sinner must understand that Jesus is their friend and he can restore them. Brethren, you that are suffering because of this situation, true friend, she with Jesus, hope will be restored. Jesus is everything we need. Let's spend time with him. Let's get to know him. Let's get to know who we see. So that we can tell other person, all other people, we challenge you to take it to the Lord in prayer as we have listened to that song. Let's get to know him, spend time with him. So we can tell that brethren who lost their job about the joy that only Jesus can give. The situation may look stagnant now. The situation may not be moving. You may not be feeling any dynamic. But I'm telling you, Jesus loves you. He's a good friend. Let's get to know him. Let's spend time with him. So we can share his story. Jesus' love is unconditional. In John 15, verse 13 and 14. In John 15, verse 13 and 14. It read, No one has greater love than this, that one lay down his life for his friend. You are my friend if you do what I command. I want to leave you with two questions as I close now. But I want you to realize that Jesus Christ is the true friend forever. He's the true friend every time. Jesus wants to be your friend. He wants you to realize that he is the true friend every time and all the time. And, and as I'm leaving you with these two questions, as I'm leaving you with these two questions, begin to search in your mind. And the question is that, are you Jesus' friend? And what kind of friend are you? May God bless his word. Praise God. Thank you, brethren. We thank God for what he has done. We appreciate you also for listening, for taking your time to listen. Like I said, Jesus Christ is a true friend every time, everywhere, wherever you go. Stick on to him and hold on to him.
he will surprise you. That promise that he has made for your family, that promise that he has made on your job, that promise that he has made for your life, he's going to fulfill it. He will never abandon his promise. May God bless his word once again. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you and bless your name. We want to glorify you because you are the mighty God. We give you praises and adoration because you are a true friend. You never leave us in the middle of the battle. Thank you, Father, for every testimony we have shared in the past. Thank you for the one we are sharing now. We thank you for the one we are going to share. Lord, we have heard this message. Let it be firmly rooted in our heart in the mighty name of Jesus. And continue to show that you are a great friend, you are a true friend for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Uh, once again, brethren, before we share the grace, I just want to remind us that uh, from tomorrow, there will be fasting and prayer through Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for Victory Night. Uh, Victory Night for this month will be on Monday, 29th of June. And it's going to be true go-to-meeting. The link shall be sent to each and every one of you. Please gather your family together and worship God. And God Almighty will grant you victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Do have a wonderful week.